Welcome to Millennial Pagan Podcast, the podcast that's discussing issues and hot topics influencing the pagan world from a millennial perspective. We're your hosts, Autumn Wolf and Jarrah Stone, and we have in studio coming back Miss Carol Brown. Yeah, I'm back. Welcome back. back. I don't know why you invited me, but I came. Well, you have some important and amazing news to share with us, and then we can talk about fantasy stuff. Oh, yeah, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's it's been a little while since we've been in studio. We had yeah. we had, had like an extra week. Yeah, I, f- I feel like we're slacking or something. Yeah, I forgot that we do this thing. <laughs> it's like I I haven't even been in this room for like three weeks. Well, that's why it smells. I that didn't way. want to mention the dust, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, dude, <laughs> bro. But uh, yeah, so uh, we're we're recording this on Game of Thrones Sunday. I'm sorry. I know. It's it's okay. I don't have HBO, and I haven't seen the last season, so... I haven't seen any of it, and I know everything that happens. Well, yeah. Internet spoilers, all that stuff. Yeah. It's okay. After we're done here, we're, we're going to be watching it. We're going to shoo everybody out and get some alcohol, get some, uh, get some food, and just binge. Woo! Alcohol! Yes. Yes. So, Responsibly. Well, <laughs> yes. I still want to do an episode featuring the religions in game of thrones but i feel like i couldn't do it justice without reading the books and oh my god y'all that'll happen in five years (laughs) yeah oh that makes a good point um it is almost kind of our anniversary ish so it's the anniversary of or it was a few days ago of our facebook page our patreon page and our twitter page being open that's not the uh anniversary of our first episode and um I, I posted a little thing after, like, Facebook memories told me, and I was just like, oh, I remember that night when I just stormed into your house and was like, hey, I want to do a thing. Yeah, uh, we still never got that door fixed, by the way. Sorry. It's okay. Well, good thing you moved. Yeah. Now you have secure doors <laughs> that I don't stomp through. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Woo! Anyway, but so... Yeah, that's that's exciting. That's a thing. Yeah. Carol, last time you were on, we talked a little bit about... You're writing a book. Yeah, um, I wrote a book. You, you've just written. You've now wrote a book. Yes. And um, do you have a publisher? Yeah, I, uh, I'm currently working with a publisher called Three Fates right okay. now. Yeah, mm-hmm. super, super nice group. They're really great. Uh, we're going to come out with a book in August. I don't have the date right now. Mm-hmm. It was originally going to come out on April 26th, but things happened, and I didn't have a couple of things that I really wanted to have. For example, I didn't have a three-month pre-order, which when you're publishing a book, that's kind of important because a three-month pre-order can help kind of get attention from brick-and-mortar stores because they see as something is kind of like becoming a hot thing. They're kind of like, well, we want that in the store too. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have mixed thoughts on doing pre-orders because they think that you know the they say that the sales for the pre-order don't go towards your amazon ranking and just speaking from somebody who knows how this industry works the ranking in amazon is like completely worthless it's like the uh the algorithms on youtube yeah 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 oh yeah i learned a thing Mm. it's it's very uh very skewed it all really depends on what what you're viewing at the time and mm-hmm. very very specific uh, specific things that it needs, like there's there's people on on YouTube and both even on I I'm even on Amazon mm-hmm. that uh, have great content, awesome content. They put out stuff every single week, but mm-hmm. nobody sees it because the algorithm, this magical algorithm, doesn't show them actually what. It's yeah, good. yeah, because Google's. I, I know a lot about this because I surprise. I have a YouTube channel too. Um, <laughs> um, and the algorithm is kind of sensitive towards language that's used in there. So, for example, people like me who like to say "fuck" a lot mm-hmm. um, usually don't get seen very often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also other things like if you're talking about suicide, or I hate saying this, if you talk about like anything that involves with being trans or going mm-hmm. through that process, or you talk about um, any kind of conspiracy theories or anything like that, Amazon or not Amazon, but YouTube is like. Not not gonna be seen. Full out squash. Yeah. Ah, that yeah. explains why our YouTube channel is kind of crapping. Yeah. Everywhere but, else, everyone loves us. Oh yeah. So but, thank you for loving us. Yeah. But you know, I I figure with YouTube, we'll just still have it out there if anybody wants to still find it and look at it and boost it. Well, I have yeah. friends totally. who don't listen to podcasts any other way. Oh yeah. So yeah, if you just kind of mention like on various social medias that you have a thing that's there that helps them find it. Um, mm-hmm. if you're just expecting people to type in the search engine and find you, they won't know to look for you. So just being active on various social medias actually like are a big yeah. thing yeah. with that. So everyone just got a little bit of social media advice for their I have, upcoming podcast. I have podcast. so much advice. Book, YouTube channel. 
Because yeah. I remember one time you and I got together and you were like, I don't know how to use this Trello thing. And I was like, girl, sit down. <laughs> yeah. No, you taught me how to use Buffer and I'm and so grateful. Yeah. So grateful. Yeah. There's just, there's so many tools that are out there to help you, but people don't even know where to begin. And it's understandable because everything is overwhelming, especially when you're working on publishing a book because um usually the industry likes it when you have a presence that's you know a couple years old Mm -hmm. I'm kind of behind the ball on that like my presence became known in like December so I was like surprise I'm here (laughs) hello (laughs) yeah um but usually if you want to get really big into marketing for those of you my wonderful listener that is listening right now and kind of curious how this process works um they want you to have like a an online presence like two to three years in advance because Mm -hmm. then you become a known thing and you're not some stranger and you become like kind of trustworthy Mm -hmm. so yeah it's just it kind of helps to get started on that early, even if you don't have a product at the time. So. Right. Well, you're kind of lucky that you have um, the beautiful artistic skills set that you do. Yeah. So you can start right. introducing people to the character yeah. through art and different aspects and different scenes. Yeah, I have so many doodles on Instagram where she's kind of like, let's watch Ghost have this argument with her sentient sword. This will be fun. <laughs> right. Well, you're doing this... Um, April challenge thing, aren't oh, you? Yeah. yeah, it's rough. Yeah, initially when I did the April challenge, the uh, publication date for my book was going to be on the 26th. So it was just right. kind of like, let's all celebrate together. And it was like, let's just do it anyway. <laughs> oh, well, I'm still going to do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. already here. I committed. I've committed to this challenge and it's a challenge, right? You yeah. can't you can't not do the word. Yeah, I got to do it. So yeah. like for example, I missed yesterday and that's my fault because I had cuz one of the things that I was busy doing yesterday is that I was trying to push out a, a short story mm-hmm. on Kindle. Mm-hmm. And of course like when I was going through it and I was looking at the description for it, I was like this description is complete garbage. And so I had to completely redo it and mm-hmm. edit it and then of course I don't have formatting software, but a friend of mine did and they kind of came over and like let me help you format that and I was like I really love you (laughs) (laughs) so I was busy doing that yesterday and then I got it up and then by the time I finally got everything set I looked at the clock and it's like it's only midnight should I draw a haunted forest right now it's like no because I'll just like (laughs) it'll be a squiggly forest of haunting yeah so Mm -hmm. I'm gonna probably go back and do that when I get home but yeah I like doing the the challenges and I like drawing Mm -hmm. I, I was I was very silly and decided to do two challenges because there was like a, a women's fiction challenge that's going on. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, new friends. I like friends. And so I started doing that. And sometimes those are easy. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, oh, no. Right, right. Yeah. No, that makes complete sense. So um, I know you had a little drama with publishing. And for those out there who want to publish with a publisher, what would you, in now your wise experience, warn them about? Oh, God, put me on the spot. Um, So I, kn- I know why you're asking. And I have to be careful about what I say. Um, of course. And yeah. if you don't want to answer, you can. No, I do. Because there is some things I can say that doesn't become too slanderous um when you go into publishing or you get a a contract from a publisher it's really important to actually review everything Mm -hmm. that's in the contract Mm -hmm. know that thing backwards and forwards understand what their expectations are and your expectations so for example in my contract it said that i had to do social media three times a week i'm an overachiever i do it like three times a day but that's my Mm -hmm. problem right (laughs) right um you know i had to be active i had to do reach out obviously i kind of come and like do podcasts every now and then depending if i'm invented Mm -hmm. invented invited invented i like to make up words (laughs) i like it yeah make up words um (laughs) And so, you know, I had to obviously be active that way. Um, And, of course, if you're in this agreement and you see that the publisher is not fulfilling their end of the things, you can call them out for it. But one of the things I would definitely make sure that that is in your contract is a termination clause. Mm -hmm. So if you see that somebody in either Party A or Party B is not fulfilling their part of the contract, that is grounds for termination. And Yeah, and it explains how that process actually works and such. Yeah, Yeah. so, yeah, just make sure that language is clear. And if there is not a termination clause, you need to ask why there's not one. Ooh, good point. Yeah. Right. And um, is there anything else, like, you think should be specifically laid out? Like, what belongs to you? What belongs to them? Um, So that really depends on who you're going to be published with. Obviously, when you're working with, like, indie publishers, they're going to be giving you more creative rights Mm -hmm. because it's your stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you can definitely sit down and talk to them about what the process is going to look like. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you know, give me a time frame of how things are going to happen. When are we going to do this? When's that going to happen? When you kind of move into, like, the bigger 
publishers they don't really talk to mm-hmm. <laughs> Oof. you gotta go, yeah you gotta go through an agent your agent's gotta be like the liaison between you and the publisher mm-hmm. and you know they don't do things like talk to you about your cover um that's always been a big grievance of mine <laughs> because a lot of so i write urban fantasy right now right and if you read or look at any urban fantasy cover that features a female protagonist they're making like oh face on the cover they've got their tits out they're doing something with their butt right and yeah. my character is not like that at all my character is like a drunkard <laughs> <laughs> You know, she's, she's in the bar. She's the one starting the fight. Like, she's not making O-Face unless she's just mocking somebody, so. Have, have, have you seen, uh, it, I think it's on Netflix, Disenchanted? Yes, I have seen that so, with, like, the cartoon that was done by Matt, right? Yeah, by, by Matt Granning. Uh, yeah. same, same guys that do uh, uh, Simpsons. Right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of kind of what I just saw. Like, her, uh, Trebini or whatever her name is, that that kind of characteristic yeah. to, to the character. Yeah, there's there's definitely a little bit of that. We're mm-hmm. So just, just a little background about my story. I have a character whose name is Ghost, and she's a very old Valkyrie. Um, she's a social outcast of the Norse. Like, they, if she goes to a party and sits at a table, they all get up and leave, right? Mm-hmm. That's, just, that's just how it works. And they kind of send her out to the Well of Knowledge, which is out in Niflheim, right? Like, nobody wants to go there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. So she works out there, and uh, she's been at the Well of Knowledge for a very long time with, with the master of the well, and I'm not going to give that part away. But when you live in a place that's knowledge and you have to spend a lot of time with an intellectual, you become smart too. And over time, you become a smart ass. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely what she is like half the time. So Nice. Yeah. So sometimes she'll just play dumb and be like, I don't understand what you mean. <laughs> Explain <laughs> it to me again. Again. I'm sorry. Can you try that one more, more time? Because I think what you mean is... Yeah, there was one time where somebody was like, you think you're a smart ass, don't you? She's like, I actually have a couple doctorates, so my ass is very smart. <laughs> Ooh. I like it. Yeah. So, now that you've given a little bit of tidbits about the book, I know from what I've seen on your social media stuff, this book is just teeming and pouring with a lot of fantasy and historical knowledge and a lot of different references to different fae types and things like that and you obviously created a world with things that people who know stuff can kind of grasp and go oh I know stuff about what that is and like I can find that and stuff on in books and encyclopedias and stuff what kind of sources did you use to gather that oh god lots um Um, so a lot of it actually stems from my own personal experience. I am a military brat. I grew up overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and one of the wonderful things that comes with that is that when you live in various countries, you get to learn the history and the mythologies and things like that. Uh, when I spent seven years in England, I was very enchanted with the whole Seely court. Um, and of course, like if you read a lot of books right now, everybody's like Seely, then you know tits out for summer court and things like that. Um, but you know there was there was other mythologies that are in England that I was really like very enchanted by. And one of the things that kind of like um, really captured my attention was actually like the tale of Merlin. Mm-hmm. And if you go read about Merlin, nobody knows where Merlin came came from. And there's kind of like this idea that he was born from like this demon person who just kind of like was one of the 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 like. When you write a book, there's like a thought that sticks in the back of your head and you just kind of carry it with you. Mm -hmm. And so that was a thought that I always carried with me. Um, And then, of course, when I went to go live in Japan, I learned a lot about the Japanese mythology, you know, the kitsune and um, all the other things like the spider women. And just like there's so much going on there. It's Mm -hmm. just absolutely amazing. Um, And then... Uh, when I moved here to America, I got to learn a little bit more about, like, the Navajo mythology and the little people and kind of, like, everything that came from that. One of the things I got really, like, engrossed in for a little bit was um, was Louisiana mm-hmm. and their hodgepodge of, mm-hmm. you know, their religion that they've got right down there. I got really, like, engrossed with, like, Baron Samdi for a little while because I was just like, this guy is so freaking interesting. Like, oh, my goodness. And for us who don't know who he is, can you give us a little background on what that... So he is basically like in Louisiana. He is, and I say in Louisiana, the Caribbean area, because then that's his area, right? Mm-hmm. That's his spot. Um, and he's kind of like this, the party guy of the afterlife. You know, once you go, you know, he's there and he's like, come on in. And, you know, he gets, you know, you hang out. But he's, he's the party guy, but he's still the guy of the dead. So this is definitely not a guy that I want to piss off at the party. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, he controls the booze. Let's just consider that for a minute. So Hades meets Dionysus meets Hercules party side. 
Yeah, a little bit. Um, it's actually his wife that I'm more terrified of, Lady oh. Bridget. Yeah, Lady okay, Bridget. Yeah. yeah, I would not piss off Lady Bridget at right. all. But one of the interesting things is that Lady Bridget, his wife, is actually kind of like a, I don't want to say a traveler, but she was brought over from Irish mythology because mm-hmm. she's Bridget. You know, that mythology. And she works... I, I really like how they transformed her. She has a lot of really interesting things. Um, she's definitely involved with, like, the graves of children, mm-hmm. which I was, like, really, like, enchanted about. Like, you, you'll notice, like, in my work, I have, like, a thing with children, not in, a, like, a weird, creepy way, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they're definitely a, a very strong theme because from where I stand from, the future kind of depends on what we do with the children of today. Right. So they're kind of symbolic in that way. Um, and they play, like, a really huge part, like, symbolically, you know. Yeah, that's my thought on that. Sorry. No, that works. I like it. I like the I like the the amalgamation of, of different cultures that kind of that that you have to kind of put into the story because a lot of those a lot of those subcultures of the of the different religions from the different areas they they don't really play well together in in some no. aspects. Yeah, and it's um so when you read some books involving like urban fantasy, you'll have a pantheon and they'll be completely separate. I've actually taken pantheons and combined those with like uh, similar abilities. Mm-hmm. So Venus and uh, Ishtar and I can't remember the name because it's four syllables long um are actually the same person. Um, and it's kind of, and this, this is kind of proven because the original incarnation of this being was this thing. And then as time and morals change, you know, the, that figure changed. Mm-hmm. Like originally Venus was like this war goddess person, you know, mm-hmm. she was with the Spartans and they were like, let's go with Venus. And she was dressed in armor and everything. Um, and then she kind of became like this ditzy party girl, but she was still like a ditzy party girl that still caused like this huge war. So it's like you took the, her out of the war, but she still brought war to you. So right. it was just kind of like the subtle finger she gave everybody. Oh, like you mm-hmm. think I'm just pretty? Wait. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah. But there's definitely like some figures where I was just kind of like, you guys are too similar to be different. So Bridget is one of those characters, mm-hmm. like, you know, is still part of Irish, but did decide to marry like, you know, Samdi. Um, and then there's uh, Ishtar, Venus. One of the one of the interesting things was I found the gods who were like completely separate from everything. Mm-hmm. Like those are ones that always caught my attention, and I can't remember his name because it is Navajo, and I will mispronounce it. But his name translates into the alien killer, and he's basically a Navajo god that kills like outsiders. Oh, yeah, hmm. yeah. I'm a little scared now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's got like a creepy mask and everything. Like this is like the guy that you don't screw with like ever. Huh. Yeah, I'll have to send you the name of it because once I came across that, you know, that that mythology, I was like, I have to use that. I like, wonder, I yeah, I wonder when he um, came about, like, and how his um, figure morphed and changed when white people encroached. Yeah, there's definitely a thing about that because I remember reading the article. He's actually a twin brother. Oh. Yeah, so... I'll, yeah, I'll have to send it to you. I don't remember it off the top of my head because he's a figure that appears in book three of my series. Ah. And so I was like, once I finish book two, then I'll go and check yeah, out. N- yeah. Not worried about that right now. Yeah. I got other stuff on my brain. Yeah, I got small steps. So the book that is about to come out in August is going to be a trilogy or more? I have nine. Oh, Yeah, wow. I have nine books, yeah. And do you have uh, front-to-end kind of webbed out? Planned. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're spreadsheets, color-coded. Like, it's all a thing. Yeah. I actually, it was one one of the things that was funny is that when I was talking to my uh, my current publisher, because they're like, okay, well, we need to have the series outlined so that way we know what we're getting into. Mm-hmm. And I kind of pushed it off for a little while. I was like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah. Any, you don't any want day, this. Any day now. You don't want <laughs> Any day, I'll send it to you. And so finally, they kind of did like the hard, like, you have to send this to us now. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I typed it up and I sent it. And then, like, we were talking on, like, Facebook, and, like, they didn't say anything for a while. And I was like, are you still there? Like, are things okay? It's like, I just read what you sent, and I had to go have ice cream. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I needed a happy moment. (laughs) Oh, goodness. So, like, when they asked for this, did you need to give them summaries? Like, throw out book title ideas? Um, Um, Okay, so I suck at titles. (laughs) Okay, no problem. (laughs) I'm really bad at titles. So my titles were, like, book one. Book two, book three. You know what? They got somebody for that, I'm sure. Yeah, because mm-hmm. <laughs> the original name for my book was actually Dreamer's Touch, um, mm-hmm. which kind of follows a different theme. But when you're working with urban fantasy, you kind of have to have a title that kind of gives the reader some idea. Mm-hmm. And so if you see Dreamer's Touch, it's like something about dreaming. And I'm like, no. 
No, we came up with a different title for that. So, oh, yeah. Well, congratulations. Do you like this title more? I do. It's interesting um, because one of the things that the publisher actually like was very drawn to that I did were those tarot cards we had the last meeting. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, magic and tarot. Yeah, they were kind of like, we saw these cards and we love them and we have to work this into your theme. And I was like, whatever you want to do. Yes! Yeah, so it's, <gasps> so it's currently being called the Queen of Swords and Silence because they're like, if we don't put Silence in the title, he will find us. <laughs> <laughs> After reading it, they were like, I'm afraid of your character. <laughs> I think he's going to murder me if I don't give him recognition. Yeah, it's like we have to pay homage to this character. Oh, I'm so glad your tarot cards are going to be a thing, though. Yeah, I thought that was great. I was just totally surprised. It was like my little passive hobby where I was like, look, guys, I did a thing and put it on the fridge. And everybody was like, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> Well, we're sitting on the couch and Taolok hands it to me and goes, hey, I know you just started this thing, like a podcast, and you know who you should have on? Show, picture. And I'm like, yes. (laughs) So the magic in your tarot. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So are they going to ask you to complete it and then put it out as like a compendium? We we have not talked about the tarot card thing. So, I mean, like the last one I did was actually of Sandy. And then after that, I got mm-hmm. kind of like, I have to focus on like school and work and what, where am I right now? Like, <laughs> need, to, need to be an adult for a little while. Yeah, because um, since I last saw you, I actually went into grad school for clinical psychology, which at first I was like, this will be easy. And I've learned, <laughs> I've learned a little better. <laughs> I'm still enjoying it. But like right now I'm in a class called testing and measurements and it's just nothing but busy work. It's just kind of like, you know, reading. It's like statistics for, you know, smart people um but we we're we're looking at like uh various different tests the flaws that they have you Mm -hmm. know where does the bias come in so we're analyzing all that we've got two discussion posts a week with three citations one from the book and two so like when i get done with all this textbook textbook digestion you got it. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're digesting textbooks. Yeah, when I get done doing that, like, I'll stare at my computer. And I'll be like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired just listening about it. Yeah. That's just, ugh. Think about yeah. the indigestion involved in that. Yeah, I've like, learned a lot, acid though. reflux. Ugh. Yeah. Is, would acid reflux of a textbook include, like, you're going to lay down, and then all of a sudden the part of the textbook pops back up in your head, and you relate it back to the real world? Yes. Oh, That's my God, scary. criminology. Oh yeah, that's, I remember that class, those. Yeah, that class is coming up for me. I know, like we t- I actually took a ten week course about like active listening, not like you know just kind of like mm-hmm. listening, parroting back. We were talking about like empathetic listening and like you know all the things that you can do to show that you're like really listening. And I was like, I already know how to do this. I've been doing customer service for forever, right? And so, <laughs> but, you know, I took the class, and it did have some stuff to give. And so, like, now, like, I look at people, and, like, I'm trying to talk to them. I'm like, motherfucker, you're not listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not fun. No, I yeah. know. Been there, been there one too many times. Well, I'm yeah. in customer service, so I can register when people stop listening to me. And I'm like, okay, but you want this product. And I'm telling you important things that you're going to complain to me about in, like, three months because of the product. Yeah. stop yeah. <laughs> pay attention but yeah so um while they are really interested in the tarot cards that's not actually part of like the contract right now that's just mm-hmm. kind of like that's your thing that you're doing so you just keep doing it okay and we love like, it yeah keep doing it we love it it's like okay yeah Woo. and i know a couple people who might who definitely would buy those yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> i definitely i do definitely want to finish it um i think it's something that i probably want to have finished by the time i get done with the series because obviously this is featuring right. characters that are in the book so mm-hmm. it's going to have a little bit more meaning for that like uh, oh you know what i said i did one i actually did two cards um because i did sandy and then i did one for my character david oh. um and david's like my favorite character of like all time so i have a weird question and the listeners who don't follow you probably don't care okay. but is he the love interest yes okay yes i um, i could kind of get it but also ghost seems very uninterested in him in a lot of the art that you do like oh yeah you're cute goodbye well that's because i'm trying to like not do spoilers right now right because i mean it's obviously that he's the love interest but i don't want to give like the whole thing away mm-hmm. yeah they do have a really good chemistry because you're talking about somebody who's like very old very smart ass and just kind of like you know she knows all all the stereotypes and she's seen all the memes right Mm -hmm. so she's like she's like there and he's kind of different because he's a marine and he doesn't really like screw around like first thing he does like after they get done meeting in a way that i don't want to talk about right now is he's kind of like can i have your number and she's like did you just literally ask after doing all of that and he's like yeah i've got a thing for chicken tactical pants come on (laughs) (laughs) i got to see your button tactical pants happy me (laughs) yeah 
And the straightforwardness is probably like, oh. Yeah, and, and I'm kind of curious about how that's going to be taken because obviously in today's society, when men are very forward, they're like, how dare he push his will onto her? I was like, he's a goddamn Marine. That's subtle. <laughs> that's subtle for that Marines. Is, that is subtle, yeah. Instead of oorah and jump. <laughs> it's like, you're mine now. Unprepared. Underprepared. More yeah. prepared. <laughs> but it's just it's just kind of different because she's also in that, like I said earlier, she's like an outcast. So she'd have somebody like directly showing interest and they don't really want anything you know, alternative like that. So she's like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, this is weird. This is a thing now. Yes. And it's bizarre, but I kind of like it. Yeah, so probably after book one comes out and a little bit, and then I'll pr- start putting, like, more art with the both of them in there. But, you know, it's just, like, Got you. Just, yeah. just a big spoiler thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't want to spoil people. Yeah. Yeah. They get angry about that, like yeah. Game of Thrones style angry. Yes, yeah. definitely. Looking at the guy who's not on Facebook. I'm still not on Facebook. Yeah. I, the only thing I was looking up, I was actually looking up the uh, the name of that, the the alien slayer. Oh, did you find it? I think I found it, but it's just way too long to even try to even See, pronounce it. Yeah, it starts with a T. It has a Z, yeah. and it's four syllables long. Yeah. Like, Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But, this no, isn't the drinking cool. episode. No, it's not. Wait, it's not? You didn't that's, share if it is. Rude. That's vodka, isn't it? It was. Okay. Well, I think we're going to take a mini short break and then we'll dive right back in. Yeah, because I need to refill on my vodka. Water. Drink responsibly. back with millennial pagan podcast and of course we still have uh miss carol brown with us and um i know that that we were we kind of hinted on it a little bit we were uh talking about a little bit on the the marketing side of things yeah um what what advice would you have for anybody who's out there right now trying to market with what they have like say for anybody who's writing a book (laughs) or art or or anything in general anything anything creative that you know is special yeah, no, I would, I would absolutely love to do, talk about that. That's a, uh, that's actually one of the series that I'm working on YouTube right now, and Ooh. yeah, and the, the whole reason I'm actually doing this series is because, um, my ulterior motive is because I see a lot of people who are coming out with like webinars and and like special sessions that you have to pay to go to, and they're not really telling you anything that's like super secret, and that drives me absolutely nuts because. If there's one thing I hate, it's when people take advantage of other people because they want to make money, if that makes any sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, drive me. Support us on Patreon. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. (laughs) I like that plug. Very nice. Thank you. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so that that grinds my gears a little bit. And so, I wanted to make, like, a series where I was basically helping people being able to promote themselves. Now, obviously, my background... Uh, when it comes to it is uh, both working as like an author and working for uh, an actual business. So my prior experience before I decided to go into the authordom that I found myself in is that I was working for a nonprofit charity group. And one of the things that we were struggling with was having new people come in. And Mm -hmm. so that's when I immediately dived into everything I could do to get our name out there, to be found, to have people come in. And we did have more people start to come in and our revenue started to go up. And then I left and I don't know what happened after that. Actually, that's a lie. They closed a year later. Anyway. Um, but I did learn a lot during that process. And then obviously when I was going through the process, 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 process of doing my own writing, the, the, one of the things I did entertain was basically self-publishing and I had to take a look at like all that was going to entail. And obviously marketing was going to be a really big part of that. Mm -hmm. Now, um, one of the great things that you can take away from this first tidbit listener is that when you are working on social media, whether it be Instagram, Twitter, or whatever mode that you decide to use, is that you shouldn't use um, social media as a means to sell your product. That's the first mistake I see a lot of people make. Mm-hmm. People go on social media to actually be social with each other. I know that's a very strange concept. <laughs> 
but they're there to talk to each other. They're there to make connections. They're not there to just sell things. In fact, if you go on there and you're constantly like, buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing, you don't get, you don't get to stay very long, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Or you lose those connections. So uh, one of the things that you can do is obviously research, you know, what community that you want to be part of. I want to be part of the writer author community. So that means that I usually am frequently using the hashtag of writing community. So that way I can talk to those people. Um, I also try and engage with uh, various groups by asking questions. Uh, and these aren't just kind of questions like, what the weather? You know, what's your weather like over there? They're usually kind of like, you know, why why did you give your MC the fault that they have? You know, it's just things that they do want to talk about. Because writers do want to talk about their stuff. Like, they really <laughs> do. And they don't have anybody to listen to. And the most important thing when you do ask these questions is that you do have to respond. Because they're all looking for engagement. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, if you're on Twitter, you're looking at posting anywhere between 5 and 16 times a day because the life of a tweet is very short. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, life of a tweet is very short. If you are on Instagram, you're looking at posting no more than three times a day. If you post more than three times a day, the algorithm will mark you as spam and your search results will go down. Oy. Yeah, so I would say one to three times. Um, I post two times a day, sometimes three, depending on what challenge I'm in. I like to post art. That's usually what I like to do. Sometimes I'll come in and I'll post like a writing thing or whatever I decide to do. Um, I tried Snapchat. I'm not very good at the snapping. <laughs> My target audience is also not really on Snapchat, so I don't really worry too much about it. And that's something else to take into consideration is who your target audience is. So if your target audience, unfortunately, is on Snapchat, you have to learn how to snap. Yeah. Um, but my target audience is mostly on Instagram and Twitter, so that's kind of where I focus my attention at. Same thing with YouTube. Um, one thing that you can definitely focus on when you are doing social media is you don't try to replicate everything that you're doing on social media. So when I'm on Twitter, I'm just trying to talk to people. You know, I'm trying to make connections. I'm trying to, like, you know, hear what people are saying. And I would try to encourage them, too, because writing is a very arduous process, um, especially when you get into what we call the query trenches, which is when you're sending your manuscript out to people, and it involves a lot of rejection. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so tired of reading the phrase, you have a great imagination, but this manuscript doesn't resume with me. I'm like, I'm so tired of reading that. Um, but that's usually the response that I got. And some authors will get rejected up to, like, 500 times Mm -hmm. and rejection is hard especially when it's your book because you put a lot of heart and work and soul Mm -hmm. into that and the ability you know the temptation to quit is very strong Mm -hmm. but one of the nice things about the writing community on twitter is that you know they'll come out and they'll be like you know i've been rejected 100 times and the writing community will swarm like ants onto that person be like don't worry man we believe in you and we got it and like you know i'm here if you want to talk like you know it's just pretty much like the thing that you can't find anywhere else um Instagram, if you decide to do that, is a much more visual base. Mm-hmm. You are doing pictures, right? Um, you can do like little infographs. Um, but when I work with Instagram, I'm actually using that more as an art portfolio. You know, these are my doodles. These are the things that I do. Look at this cute little picture, right? It's not the thing that I put on Twitter because I'm not there to share my art on Twitter. Some people are. I'm not. Right. Yeah, so, um, now on YouTube, my YouTube videos are very, like, informational-based. Like, I'm trying to give free content, trying to give free information, trying to tell people how to better themselves, and trying Mm -hmm. to show them how to market. There's a lot of misconceptions in regards to getting yourself out there when it comes to marketing, because there's a lot of mixed information out there. Yeah, there's a lot of different things. Like, some people, I was talking to one person, they're like, yeah, if you want to get seen on Twitter, you have to have, like, three or more hashtags. And I'm like, "Uh, actually, if you have more than two hashtags in your tweet your engagement goes down so you know it's just little things like that versus um some interesting comments i've heard um on instagram because when i post on instagram i have i have 30 hashtags on there which i found out is the limit yeah you can only do 30 per post right yeah you can only do 30 i have i use all 30 um the reason i use all 30 is because i am no one right Mm -hmm. I'm nobody. Nobody's heard of me. Nobody's seen me. And so I'm trying to hit the hashtag mark. I'm trying to get people to see me. Versus if you already have like over a thousand followers, you can get away with only having like five hashtags and being fine. Mm -hmm. Because you already have a target audience of a thousand people and Mm -hmm. they will share your stuff and everything else. People just starting off using the full 30 is fine. Well, which which I've kind of learned kind of doing doing my own cosplay stuff. uh, Just going out there. And I I, I actually realized I need to have like 30... uh, 30 hashtags just to be seen yeah Mm -hmm. and now i've actually started because i'm I'm getting ready with all the different cosplays for for the next convention i'm going to which is phoenix fan fusion the big one here in arizona Mm -hmm. uh i actually am starting to do a uh, note on my phone of all the different hashtags i'm going to use per cosplay Mm -hmm. yeah 
So, I mean, I guess that's that's kind of kind of a good thing to do. Too. Yeah, no, that's really great. Um, you, there's a couple of different things that you can use to help you with your, your posting, which kind of leads me into scheduling. But uh, one of the things I would recommend against is using the same hashtags for obviously every post on Instagram because then you can become whitelisted that way. Mm-hmm. But if you switch it up, so like, you know, obviously I'm doing the challenges, right? So the hashtags I use for the challenges aren't the same that I use for my art and my novel talk and things like that. So that kind of keeps me from being whitelisted. Um, some people will just use the same hashtags over and over and over, and that doesn't right. really get you seen. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, I talked about Trello and I showed you Buffer. Um, one of the really nice things about Trello is that you can schedule like your weekly, uh, I guess, engagement. That's the nicest way to say it. Um, your posting. And in there, you can put your pictures and you can put your hashtags and whatever message that you want to have. And you can copy and paste it into Instagram. Super, super duper easy. Very simple to use. Uh, I'm just trying to think where I was going to go with that. Um, but I like Trello because it's free. Mm-hmm. I like free things. Free things are nice. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, so that way, if you're if you can't afford like a monthly subscription to Buffer, who lets you schedule your stuff out for like a whole month, right? Using Trello is a really good alternative for that. So um, it also helps you kind of like track like how well your posts are doing, and obviously you don't want to post the same stuff like all the time right mm-hmm. like i should have taken is it sunday today i can still take a selfie okay selfie sunday this is a thing where's my phone um, <laughs> um but yeah so it's like kind of important that you don't take uh that you don't post the same content every day just because you are trying to reach like you know various people smile yay okay um <laughs> um but you are trying to reach different people and they're not going to know about you if you're just talking to the same group all the time that, mm-hmm. that's why sometimes you see me on there doing like you know selfies or i'm like look at my dog or whatever right um and that also just shows that you're a person as well mm-hmm. because nobody wants to talk to a, a marketing robot mm-hmm. yeah. yeah right so let's take a minute and dive back into your book and give a little bit more information to tease the, okay. the, the audience here because I want the audience to read your book you know they can read the short story I did for free I'm just saying so that will make them want to read your book but let, let's make them want to read the short story okay so what god in the book that you've wrote is your favorite one and how did you embody that character into oh. your book okay so my favorite dun, character dun, dun. My favorite character in the book, I ended up having to put him in book two. <laughs> <gasps> we have to wait. I know. I'm sorry. But I ended up putting him in book two. He was originally in book one, but like the first editor I started talking to, Jamie, she was like, I love the scene. It's perfect. It doesn't fit. And I was like, no, <laughs> don't tell me that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when I was writing book two, the scene did fit there. So I was just like, I'm just going to pick it up and just plop it. Yeah. It's all done. It's ready to go. Yeah. I'm just going to right there. But the God that you're asking about is actually Loki. Ah. Yeah, I I always I've always enjoyed Loki and kind of what happened with Loki because mm-hmm. in the earlier tellings of Loki he was just kind of like this impish guy that was running around and of course if Christianity became more popular suddenly it became like, you know, the devil. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um but I always felt really bad for Loki. I always felt horrible because, you know, sure he went around, he did pranks and he, you know, had to make up for, you know, the the problems of other people, but like the Norse like took his family away. They you know, stuck him in a cave. Yeah, they stuck one of his kids in a cage. They told the other one to stay under the sea until it was time for him to kill Thor. They made the other lady go and work with the dead. Um, and then when they put him, and then after, obviously, the whole thing with um, Boulder happened, they killed both his other sons and used his intel. Yeah, like, this is some brutal shit. Wow. And then his, and then his wife, the woman that he really loves, spent forever trying to keep his face from getting basically acid off. Yeah, like, Loki got, like, the shit end of everything. <laughs> he, I think he was, like, really mistreated in the whole pantheon. And some of that has to do with the, the retellings and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the story that I wrote, Loki actually played, like, a part in Ghost's life because, um, you know, not really big spoiler, but Ghost was, like, imprisoned in the cave with, like, Vinyar for a really long time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So she knows the pup. Yeah, she knows the pup. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, when she got out of prison, like, her whole motivation is, like, I am not going back. Don't want to. I am interested. not going back. Don't threaten me with prison. I'll do whatever you want. I'm not going back. Um, but it was Loki who got her out of the cave. And basically says, so like, maybe we should, like, do something useful with this person besides, like, just sticking them next to a boulder. It's like, let's see if they can do tricks. You know, it's just little things like that. <laughs> you know, in pure Loki fashion. 
and then, you know, in the later book, she, you know, she encounters Loki again, but of course, like, he's, he's all kinds of fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's got scars from the acid, his mouth has the time when his mouth got sewed shut, like, he's, he's very messed up. And so I was kind of showing um, in that scene about, like, how his mind had been kind of, like, warped a little bit, and it kind of showed in his mannerisms and his twitching, and basically what I kind of, not, not a huge spoiler, but, like, Ghost has been, like, sneaking him weed to kind of, like, lessen his pain. <laughs> Oh, goodness. <laughs> She's like, I brought you some stuff. <laughs> Smoke it. You'll like it. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah, but it's just, yeah, but that's that's one of my, definitely my favorite characters that I really feel for, um, and I was just trying to kind of show and not tell about, like, all the, you know, the, everything that happened to him. Right, right. Yeah. So, you've seen Vikings. Yes. So, you know, when Floki's put in the cave and Helga is holding the cup, that's what happened to yeah, no, that's that's what I kind of yeah. kind of pieced together. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure that like Ragnar was sick in that sense of I know the worst thing I can think of, and it's mm-hmm. already been thought of by Odin. So. Yeah. So on the same note, who is your least favorite mythological character that you wrote in? Uh, um. Or well, who you didn't enjoy writing about? I'm trying to think. Um. You know, I think the person I had the most trouble with in the beginning was actually Jesus. Oh. Yeah. I had, mm. I, because in the, I, in the series of short stories that I have, you either hear mention of him or you see somebody who's assigned to watch over him and things like that. And when I was originally writing these stories, I was trying to figure out, you know, obviously there's a lot that goes into like Jesus and Christianity and the reincarnation and things like that. And I was trying to figure out the best way to kind of show this character um, as he would be kind of today, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, I'm trying to think of, and I had such a hard time trying to grasp him because obviously there's like that mental image that we all have when we think of Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And some people would argue that he's not actually God, but can we we be real here for a minute? Um. (laughs) At the very least, he's a demi. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that. I mean, or at least he's a zombie and I like zombies. Come on. Um. But um, <laughs> we're gonna get hate mail. Oh wait, no, we're pagan. <laughs> no hate mail. <laughs> I, actually, I do know one Christian that listens to us. <gasps> Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, I do have a friend who's Christian who listens to us too. Yeah. So you know, when I was working with Jesus and kind of making him the story, I had to be obviously I had to be very careful, mm-hmm. right? And it was just kind of like conveying him and kind of showing you know the character without being like insulting because I. Th- I think I've only seen a couple of authors where they do write Christianity in their books and it's not done in like an off-putting way. Mm-hmm. Jim Butcher is like really good when he's got Christianity in his books. Like it is strong, it is virtuous, and it, you can see that there's some shadow flaws in it like in the underbelly, but it mm-hmm. is some very solid writing. Mm-hmm. So where other people who would just kind of want to be like, you know, down with Christianity, these devils. And I'm like, oh my God, they're people too. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you can, you can hate churchianity. You don't have to hate Christianity. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's actually, I like that. Thank you. Ch- hate, hate churchianity, not Christianity. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah I, I, I can get behind that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have lots of friends from different walks of life and different, you know, religions and things like that. And of course we all like at one point have to have like the Christianity discussion Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes that's usually a a, a, um weird point Uh, i'm on bumble i'll I'll say it i'm on bumble and uh usually it comes about of what do you do on your off time and i'm like well i do this podcast i have a book club i spend a lot of time out in the woods naked i mean uh (laughs) i don't put it that way but then they're like what's your podcast about because apparently podcasting's new and interesting and fun and so i say paganism or witchcraft or something like that and like i'll either get the i have no fucking clue what you're talking about or oh and then suddenly uninterested <laughs> unfriended and i'm like that's okay, so bye. sad you yeah. have to get the chirp chirps yeah chirp chirp <laughs> yeah i know because uh when i was growing up i i spent a lot of time with my grandmother and she was obviously very christian um and so i spent a lot of time going to church reading the bible and all that stuff and then i moved on and did other things but i never thought that christianity itself was like a bad thing and I kind of take uh, the Dalai Lama stance that if you have a religion and it makes you a good person, then it's a good religion for you. I don't, yeah. yeah so, I like that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 
so Jesus was hard. What uh, kind of coping mechanisms did you utilize, or do you uh, want to talk about how he ended up in your story? Yeah, I can. I can talk about. It. So one of the things that I used when I was working with when I was working with Jesus is I realized I needed to have a different character. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to have somebody else that was there. Um, and a character that you see reoccurring, is, and you see him the first time in the short story, is actually Azrael. And Azrael, the angel of war and destruction. Mm-hmm. And I have him showing up because he gets to babysit Jesus. <laughs> Jesus needs babysitting. Yeah, well, because if you think about it, he's a he's a huge symbol. He's a figure. It's the same way that people want to protect the royal family of England. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah, and so, so you know, if, bodyguard. Yeah, so, handler. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. who better than to keep you know Lucifer far, far away than the guy that can pretty much just flick everything off, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so makes sense. So can you imagine him walking into a crowd like he'll get distracted with the highs? How are you? I'll kiss babies, and it's like, no, dude, dude, you have like a panel in two <laughs> minutes. I need you to get through the crowd. The con will be here later. Yeah, yeah. So I have I have Azrael, and Azrael is a very like virtuous person. He's very mm-hmm. like God has you know a plan for everybody, and you know he likes ghosts because ghosts makes really bad like puns in the middle of staff meetings and things like that. Um, staff meetings yeah they have staff meetings that's oh. that's the title of the short story staff meetings yeah okay i'm gonna have to read staff meetings now i would love for you to read it i'm gonna i would to. love that okay. um but yeah so they they hang out and you know there's another short story and i i call and it basically has to do with the origin about how ghost found silence mm-hmm. um and i won't spoil that but part of that ends up like ghost has to go help azrael like babysit like jesus because he's going through like he, in this incarnation of Jesus, he actually is a low-functioning child with autism. Oh, Yeah, and so he's constantly running off, and it's not his fault. He just sees a cloud, and he chases it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, and so she's trying to help him, like, kind of, like, kid-raggle this kid, because at this point in the story, she's raised, like, ten kids of her own. Not mm. not her own, like, other people's mm. kids. Like, right. he, people ditch their kids, and she's like, well, if you don't want it, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she's got experience working with kids and things like that. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of where you see, and I call him JJ in the story. Mm-hmm. So every time you hear JJ, she's, and she absolutely loves JJ. Like she, she loved JJ after like his first incarnation. Cause she met him like forever ago. And she's like, you're too nice. And I can't take this. And why are you so virtuous? And like, you know, as he keeps coming back and, you know, live, she's just kind of like, whatever you need, honey, I'm here for you. Oh, <laughs> you want some cake? I'll get you some cake. It's better than those wafers. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. She goes into full mom mode when he like shows up. She's like, oh, honey, are you eating enough? <laughs> you look skinny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it was, and I kind of like that in the sense that um, a lot of, like, there's, like, this thing where if you want to have a strong female character, they have to either be, like, emotionless or they can't have, like, you know, traditional female qualities. Mm-hmm. It drives me absolutely nuts. So you're <laughs> killing it. Yeah. They're like, nope, she can be a mom and she can be badass. And- break, yeah. break the mold. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but she's not, like, always in mom mode. Like, there's one scene in the book where she runs into, like, one of her kids or her foster kids who happens to be the kitsune. And she's, like, she's always cracking, like, what does the fox say, Jokem? He's, like, will you fuck off? Stop! (laughs) It's not funny anymore. (laughs) It was funny the first 27,000 times. Yeah. Do you want a Mother's Day card or not? Stop it! (laughs) She's guard me for life. (laughs) Yeah, so it's just... It's just fun things, because when your kids are up and grown, like, you can just start treating them like adults. Like, me and my dad, like, when we go hang out, it's just like, let's go have a beer. <laughs> let's go talk about people across the street. <laughs> we'll be those people in, like, the rocker chairs on the front patio, like, rocking back and forth. Like, what do you think they're up to? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think they're up to? They yeah. look strange. Yeah. Why is that one's hair purple? But, yeah, I just, I kind of like that JJ is able to kind of bring out, like, that more, like, motherly side. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's nice to see. And people can relate to that, too. Right. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I think I think it's definitely going to be a, a very, very good in, in, in inspirational story, especially for people who, you know, for, for especially for women who don't think they can be badass and still be a mom. Yeah, that drives me nuts. I think yeah. the the scariest women I ever met as a teacher were moms. Like the, there were women who would walk into like these meetings, and I swear to God, they could command armies. I was just like, whatever you want, like you can have it. Like just do it. Mm-hmm. You want to give this to your child? It's done by ten. Like there you go. Like you know, yeah, those are the scariest people. Like you can give me a guy that comes in and screams at the top of his voice, but you get a quiet mom that comes in and she gives you mom eye. Like whatever you want, it's yours. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yes. Yes, <laughs> ma'am. Yeah. Um, yes. So, 
I've heard um, a lot of people who I um, know who write complain that sometimes they get lost in animal companions or they have problems writing an animal companion that's useful but is also observed normally. Okay. Do you have any animal companions or animal companion problems? I do not have problems. I have plenty of animal companions. Um, so in book one, Ratatoskr shows up. You know, the, you know, the squirrel that runs up inside, up and down Itracil. He's the gossip monger. Like, anytime you want to know something, he's basically the BuzzFeed for the divine. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he shows up, and he's, originally, he was a lot more sassy, but, like, you know, as I wrote him, I was like, sassy's not working for him. Um, but then in book two, I have a fuck ton of animal companions. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't want to give away how they get there and all that stuff, but they basically, at one point, like, Ghost is walking around with, like, ten demonic dogs, like, every and she's got like she's got therapy animal vest on all of them and she's got (laughs) (laughs) hellhounds yeah do not pet might lose arm (laughs) she's got like these 10 demonic looking things that are drooling with red eyes and she's like these are my therapy dogs i have 10 because i was not loved as a child anyway can i go inside (laughs) (laughs) to like a normal bar in the middle of texas uh, no, actually, it's in Italy. <laughs> but it's a bar. Yeah. Oi. Oh, it's worse in Italy. Like, yeah. oi. It's like, yeah, I know there's animal here. I'm coming in anyway. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. And everyone's Catholic in Italy, so they're, they're like, oi. Yeah. <laughs> Uncomfortable. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that's, yeah. So, and that was, that's actually been one of my favorite parts, working with like, the, these various animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I just don't want to give away, but they're definitely there, and I don't have problems writing them. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Do you have any suggestions for anybody? Like, because some of the time when I'm reading a book and there's an animal companion, it disappears and then nobody talks about it. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you have a what we call a pantser, somebody who writes by the seat of their pants, they're Mm -hmm. just kind of writing it as they're they're It's coming to them. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with you um but one of the problems is that they don't always track where their characters are going Mm -hmm. i am a huge outliner i gotta know where everybody is i gotta know what they're doing and i gotta know why they're doing it um i especially do this for the villain who is the most important character in your book i'm just gonna say that softly um so you gotta track where your characters are going there was one scene um that i wrote where it it wasn't david i think it was i can't remember the character because i ended up just deleting him but, like, this character was there, and then when I went to go reread it, I was like, where the fuck did this guy go? <laughs> and, like, my thing is, like, if he's not important enough to be in, like, the second half of the scene, then he's honestly not important enough to be in the first half of the scene. So mm-hmm. he can go, right? Yeah. So what you really need to do is if you are writing it and you just got to get the story out because that's what you need to do, but then you find that you've got characters that are in for, like, a couple pages and then they're gone, you're probably better off just not having them. Mm-hmm. So... I'd say just cut it. You gotta kill your darling somewhere, and the only useless ones have to go. But yeah, no, I would just say that if you find that there's a character who's not really pulling their weight, um, to definitely cut them. One of the things that you can do that will help you is making sure that you don't have a stagnant character, aka mm-hmm. a character who only responds when your main character is there. You know, I'm not trying to say that you need to have an in-depth description of like the motivation of every character, but knowing what their motivation is and knowing what they're doing off-scene will usually help you. Um, I had this problem at first with a character named Vanya who is, like, a huge character in the book. But he would only really do something if, like, Ghost showed up, which is something that Jamie pointed out to me, the first editor I worked with. She was fantastic. Um, she was, like, awesome character. He's stagnant. He doesn't do anything. What is he doing when she's, like, not there? And I was like, well, I don't know he's reading. <laughs> 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 and so one of the things I had to do was I had to give him his own agenda. Like, what is he doing when she's not there? And that ended up causing some good conflict because she would show up and be like, I need this thing. And he's like, I'm busy. Like, go away. And she's like, no, I need it now. And he's like, what part of busy did you not get? Have life outside of yo. <laughs> Yeah. And this book. <laughs> yeah, so just having characters that actually have, like, their own thing that they're doing will help also create conflict because um, mm-hmm. one of the things that, uh, that drives me absolutely nuts is that you'll have a series of dialogue, and dialogue should be treated like a, treated, uh, should be treated like an action scene mm-hmm. where you basically have two people that want something from each other and they're not going to give it mm-hmm. because we as readers like conflict, except in our lives. We just like to read about it in other people's. Yeah. Yes, of course. That's why drama is such a big thing and gossip and things like Korean dramas. Like, I'm just sitting there like, yeah, go on, yell at her some more. Yeah. 
That's like um, Talok and I went and got pedicures today, and they had bridezillas on. And I don't like watching such toxic TV, but we were just both engaged. Like, yeah, yeah we were like, yep. oh, I'm so. Why? Why do people be so ugly to each other? And it's just that's the conflict that you're exactly talking about. Well, yeah, that, that's why. That's why celebrity, uh, like celebrity reality shows, are yes. are so big. Is or because... Star Magazine, or Us, yeah. or like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like. What's, what's Angelina Jolie doing today? <laughs> I having, gotta find out. <laughs> having a life outside of your book. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Ah. Well, so um, we're actually going to go ahead and just talk about some uh, outside events and stuff. Uh, so this episode will air before this happens or after this happens. But on the 16th, Mercury leaves Pisces. You can figure out how that works for your life. On the 19th, it's going to be a big full moon. Yay. Nice. And the 22nd is going to be Earth Day. And I think we're going to talk about Earth Day a little bit in our mini-sode. So, but I think as a pagan or as somebody listening to this podcast, you should be a little earth conscious. So think about recycling more, please. That's all I Just all think I, about it. Don't do it. Well, I'd appreciate <laughs> if you did it, but if you're not actually doing it, the best mm-hmm. step to start is to think about how to do it. Yep. And then do it. Yeah, it's actually uh, kind of funny because a couple of my friends at work, uh, I have a friend big, big into earth, uh, earth awareness. And he actually put together himself, uh, put together a cleanup day and pretty much just going out on the weekends just to clean up different areas. Yay. So I'm going to be doing that with him every once in a while when I can. Yay, congratulations. Yeah. So, we actually have a couple of Patreon supporters to thank. Yay, Patreon supporters. So, um, Makola, Andrew, thank you for upping your pledge. Shannon and Brianna, thank you for supporting us through Patreon. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And if you're a $5 Patreon supporter, you will be receiving your uh, sticker and button in the mail very soon if you're overseas i'm sorry it's gonna take longer it's just honest to goodness that they, I can say. they can't control the boat we're sorry yeah. yeah i can't control the fact that i'm gonna have to argue with somebody at my post office well what is it it's not a bomb shit i said that out loud <laughs> no. i'll be back later i'll talk to somebody else who didn't hear me say it's not a bomb <laughs> just say it's a gift well, I've had to like explain it's a freebie that we give people oh, who support our podcast. Oh, it's girl, a, just say it's a shirt. I say it's a button and a sticker, and then they're like, oh. And then they're like, what's a podcast? And I'm like, does it matter? Please put a stamp on it and send it to Germany. <laughs> it's like a radio show, but on the internet. It's pretty much like, oh, yeah, and there's no interruption with music and things like that. Yeah, that's really good, actually. Yeah. I like it. But sometimes we interrupt with music and stuff like that. That's fine. Oh, thank you. Music's great. So, well, now that we've talked so much about it, Jara, would you support us on Patreon? I definitely would. Not just because, you know, the cool button and the cool sticker, but also because of the uh, free monthly mini-sode. Yeah. And, of course, it also helps out, you know, people who are trying to get the word out, trying to help out, and doing such a, from what I hear, awesome job at it. Yes, so thank you for all your good comments. Um, after talking about social media, please feel free to engage with us. Send us messages. Um, like I've said multiple times before, I can't really help you find the perfect group for you in your area. If you live in Phoenix, I'm going to tell you everything that's available and then not give my opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty wise, actually, mm-hmm. as somebody who lives out here. <laughs> yes. So good luck in finding your spot. Use Facebook, like we've said before. Anyway, other than that... Um, where can we find the podcast if you're listening to us for the first time on like Spotify or uh, YouTube, like we said, or Podbean or iTunes? Well, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can also find us obviously on Patreon. Jared, where can they find you if they just want to interact with you? Just interact with me. Uh, of course, there's the there's Twitter under Jara Stone, mm-hmm. uh, and then of course my Instagram Haggard underscore Hagrid underscore Cosplay. Uh, underscore 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 mm-hmm. 
but don't don't actually put on those last underscores. Those, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's how you can communicate with uh, with me, uh, Carol. How can we get in contact with you? Yes. Oh, I love that question. You can find me on Twitter at Call Kara, where I do all my calling at. You can find me on Instagram. Basically, it's just Kara Brown. It's very original. I know. I have a website. It's carabrown.com. Also very original. I worked really hard on these titles. <laughs> Didn't you say you liked titles? I suck at titles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad at naming things. Like, every time I have to name something, I go straight to my husband. I was like, this is the name. And he's like, no. <laughs> no, it is not. So you didn't name the dogs. Uh, actually, I did name the dogs. I named all the dogs after um, the seven dwarves, but not the new one, like the old one. So Blick, Quick, and things like that. Ah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. The non-Disney version. Yeah. Because my character is as original with names as I am. <laughs> that makes sense. And Autumn, where do we find you? Well, I am Autumn Wolf on Facebook. Wolf ends with an E. I'm Autumn Wolf on Twitter. Uh, on Instagram, I am Millennial Pagan Podcast. No, I'm not doing it twice. <laughs> I have enough t- trouble with Instagram. Thank you for all of my followers on Instagram. You encourage me every day to remember I have nothing pretty to look at. <gasps> I have to talk to you about things you can post after this. Oh, I'm Just, sure. I- instead of looking at something pretty, make something you're looking at pretty. Oh. I did that. That was with our um, spring equinox picture. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, you can also read my blog at Iron Wolf Circle on WordPress. And yeah, that's me. So I guess from everyone here at Millennial Pagan Podcast. Merry meet. Merry part. And and merry meet meet again. again.